Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 210 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be taking a deeper look at the die-off reactions that can occur when doing a gut cleanse and through other functional medicine approaches. So we'll be covering Herxheimer reactions. So if that's a new word for you guys, we will define that, I promise, in this episode, what they are and how you can ensure that your body is supported for optimal outcomes. Yes, I think that this episode is a long time past due, especially in the sense that our most popular, highest read blog is Coping with a Candida Cleanse. <laughs> so I knew that a lot of people actually find out about our work, Becky, and the Naturally Nourished Supplement line from that blog itself. So that means that there's a lot of people out there that are doing some form of a cleanse. They're not sure if it's working and they want to ensure that they're having a more pleasant or survivable, if you will, <laughs> experience in the process. Yes, I'm glad we are putting out this resource to help the myriad of people who are searching for solutions because, you know, if you have had a bad experience with the cleanse in the past, you're definitely not alone. Um, Like Allie said, we're the top searched um, coping with the candida cleanse blog. And when you search for die-off reactions or candida and die-off, we're kind of the first thing that pops up. And so what we will unpack today is that as things transition in your healing journey, sometimes they do get worse. We kind of shake the tree in the process of the healing experience. So that's what today's episode is going to be all about, Herxheimer reactions and how to cope with these changes in your body. But before we go into all of that, let's talk about our opener sponsor, Naturally Nourished Supplements. Yes, and maybe we should talk about the beat the bloat cleanse as we do this because it's kind of on trend for today. Yes, I know we'll be talking about tools to kind of level up your beat the bloat cleanse and also to support your detox pathways, break biofilms, all of these elements and these intricacies of the side effects of a cleanse, but you really won't see them unless you're doing, again, a healing process. And so when we're talking about naturally nourished supplements, we will be providing you a couple different resources throughout today episode, but many of you are here because you're probably already doing the beat the bloat cleanse or you're considering doing the beat the bloat cleanse. And this is a protocol that I developed years ago. I want to say for at least six plus years that I've been doing these particular four formulas in combination, which is our beat the bloat bundle currently. And it includes our berberine boost, herbal immune, GI cleanup, and ultimate detox. So these four formulas are put together in a synergy to aid in breaking down overgrowth of gut bacteria, yeast, as well as other forms of pathogen and can even support a parasite cleanse. So with the compounds in the berberine boost, we are ensuring that there is an effective dosage of berberine coming from Oregon grape root. There's also coptis in there, which is golden thread, really fantastic outcomes we see in clinical research on autoimmune conditions, especially dermatological like psoriasis. And we know that berberine beyond playing a role as an antimicrobial and antifungal tool, that this also is an oral hypoglycemic. So a great way to bring blood sugar levels down. This is important because blood sugar spikes feed yeast and bacteria overgrowth. So you're both gonna be able to starve off the yeast and bacteria overgrowth with our diet approach, but this berberine boost aids as another kind of tool to try to harness that blood sugar response while actually battling and killing off the overgrowth. And the berberine boost is further supported by a TCM or traditional Chinese medicine blend of other herbs that aid in the delivery and activation of the berberine and the coptis. 
And that's just one of the four intentional supplements in this Beat the Bloat Cleanse. So then the herbal immune comes into play as an encapsulated essential oil formula that includes things like oregano, thyme, sage, and lemon balm. So these are aromatic oils that help to kill off candida and other bacterial constituents. And you kind of get this sensation when you take it of of, um, a little bit of I don't want to call it pizza burps. It's not unpleasant. No, it's like um, a carminative, <laughs> minty, yep. you know, uh, and it's that apoptosis or yep. basically the cellular suicide or the die off, the popping through those aromatic compounds that create that oxygen response. And um, as Becky said, the name herbal immune has a wider spread beyond just a gut cleanse. We use this also in our immune boosting bundle uh, because we know that oregano oil as well as sage and thyme all have great beneficial outcomes for immune function. Um, A lot of them can support upper respiratory function, more particularly antiviral activity. And then the lemon balm has really favorable outcomes even with our sexual hormone balance, supporting progesterone levels, and working as an anxiolytic or a mellowing out compound, which can be helpful during a cleanse because as we've discussed in episode 174, sometimes when you're plowing the field, you do get a little bit of a dip in your serotonin levels. So the lemon balm can be a calming tool through the process. Such a cool synergistic outcome there with hormones and mood balance for sure. And then beyond those two formulas that are intended to eradicate yeast and bacteria, we also layer in the ultimate detox formula, which is phase two detoxification support. So most people are lacking in phase two, which is the encapsulation and excretion of toxins. And that's really, really important. We'll get into, I think, on many levels in today's episode. Um, When you're doing a cleanse, do you have some form of detox support? Because otherwise the body can become really overwhelmed with this endotoxin die off. And we see unfavorable symptoms really um, hit people hard if we don't have detox support. Yes. So people will level that up or adjust that formula in their cleanse and we'll dig a little deeper into that. And then the last compound is the GI cleanup, which is a type of probiotic that actually has uh, phagocytotic or the ability to eat away at the bacteria currently lining or yeast lining the gut to make space for the probacteria. So it's cleaning up like little Pac-Man, the, the surface space so that we can then inoculate the good players. So when I created the Naturally Nourished Supplement line, it was all about ensuring that there were potent and effective formulas that I could provide to the clients within the Naturally Nourished Clinic. And as we've grown, we've wanted to ensure that we can provide all of you listeners, all of the people within our food as medicine community, whether you are just participating through social media or podcast or YouTube channel or you name it, the same access to these functional medicine tools and also the protocols of how you can use them successfully without maybe all of the thousands of dollars investing into various functional practitioners. So the Beat the Blow Cleanse is just one example. We have nine, now we have 12, 12 curated Mm -hmm. bundles. So whether you are an athlete or whether you are looking at supporting your keto program or you need some digestive support and you need the Digestive Basics Bundle or the GI Rehab or Gut Rehab Bundle, there's likely a starting place for you. I highly recommend you go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and you check out all of the options that we have. We have categories broken down by functional approach of areas of focus. So whether it's inflammation or women's hormones, that's a great place to start. And you can use Allie 15 for 15% off your first order. Or if you find a bundle as a starting point, that already has bundled in savings. So a great way to explore really a protocol with those bundles, or you can kind of cherry pick your best options to start with individually with the Alley 15. Yes. And then before we dive in today, I want to point you guys in the direction of another really valuable resource that we've created. And hopefully by the time this episode airs, our timelines are kind of syncing up um, where we've just released um, several videos of a gut series, or I guess a gut, we call it a playlist. We're still getting um, <laughs> the hang of all the YouTube a gut lingo. Playlist, a gut yeah. playlist over a on our YouTube channel. So one of the various topics that we'll be covering 
is kind of a shorty version of today's podcast of how to cope with a candida cleanse. Most definitely. And we will have the probiotic challenge on there. We will also have, you know, what the microbiome is. We will have our favorite way to consume bone broth and troubleshooting your bone broth if the store-bought broths are legit and addressing leaky gut and so much more all just in that playlist. So we can't wait to kind of break down these deep dive categories for you within the Naturally Nourished YouTube channel. Make sure you go on over to subscribe so that you can stay up to date in our weekly free food as medicine offerings that are released every Thursday. All right, let's do it. And let's first cover what may have driven you guys here in the first place. So um, what are drivers maybe to do our beat the bloat cleanse? And um, maybe let's go into some prior resources or episodes on that topic as well. Yes. So we've recorded quite a many, uh, all the way back from episode 22 on candida albicans to episode 60, dysbiosis and the microbiome. In that episode, we talked about the microbiome's connection to neurotransmitters, brain health, inflammation, and metabolism. Then in episode 87, the brain-gut access, we also connected more nerdy level, the enteric nervous system and central nervous system connection, as well as the influence of leaky gut. In 131, we discussed candida and SIBO, taking a deeper look. So we distinguished between the two, but ultimately came down to the conclusion that the compounds in the Beat the Bloat Cleanse can work to kill off or eradicate both candida and SIBO. So you may start there versus doing the various forms of functional testing. And then uh, most recently, we did episode 174, the Beat the Bloat Cleanse, Dysbiosis Disease Connection. And that's where I shared my fourth round of the Beat the Bloat Cleanse. And uh, Becky and I shared on our personal experiences as well as client testimonials. So we have a lot of assessment things for you to start with. There is a blog that we'll link called 10 Signs You Have Yeast Overgrowth. And on that blog, you can also take our Candida quiz. There's a Candida Dysbiosis Quiz in the Anti-Anxiety Diet book. And there's also our probiotic challenge that we always recommend as a great way to assess the current status of your microbiome. And this is where you would take some waist measurement circumference to have some quantitative information and uh, looking if there is fermentation or variable in your rise to rest waist circumference. Most people rise with the flattest abdomen and get some distension and bloating throughout the day. And then we challenge you using the Restore Baseline Probiotic, starting with one capsule for three days, working your way all the way up in three to increments to four capsules at bed. And we see if increasing that probiotic actually provided beneficial outcomes. So taking into account some qualitative measures as well, like bowel formation, GI uh, cramping or symptoms, uh, tolerance of foods, sleep, mood stuff, and then maintaining that measurement throughout the process us to see quantitatively, ooh, it looks like there was a variance of two and three quarters inch in the beginning, but as I went down, my entire waist circumference actually reduced from the baseline rise and the variance reduced to only a half inch. So we would see in that individual that they likely were in a sterility state and they benefited from bringing up a higher dose probiotic. Now others might get feedback that are no change and that means they're already in a symbiotic state and they can just hang out with the one a day of the Restore Baseline Probiotic. But then there will be others that see unfavorable change as they work their way up that challenge. And that would be a marker of dysbiosis or really demonstrating the need to do the Beat the Bloat cleanse. Got it. So a lot of different tools that we have already out there. I'll make sure I link all of those in the show notes for you guys to perform some self-assessment and kind of gather some more data. Um, Before we dive into solutions for coping with the cleanse, let's talk about maybe some of the symptoms that folks come in with um, when, you know, looking to do the beat the bloat cleanse and then maybe some of the results that we see. Yes, we'll start with the good because yes. it's interesting we'll mention that you know some of the symptoms that come up during a Herx reaction or die-off can mirror the same symptoms of coming into the cleanse. And that's one of these kind of fine line elements and why this resource is really important because a lot of people get kind of gun shy and then they stop their cleanse in the middle and like, oh, I don't know if my body likes this. 
So uh, let's first talk about overall beneficial outcomes, and then we can kind of talk about, I guess in that sense, why they, they came in in the first place. So one of the big areas of improvement we see is with digestive health. So reduced bloating, improved bowel regularity, uh, formation, less GI cramping, and all in that world of improved digestive health, which can also see improvements of less heartburn or reflux. We also see an influence on mood, cognition, and energy. So we can see improved brain function, uh, in enhanced and regulated energy levels. We can also see uh, micronutrient status improving because as you plow the gut and remove that overgrowth, your villi, the tiny finger-like projections of your intestinal villa, are actually going to absorb nutrients from the foods you eat into the bloodstream more effectively. And the probiotics that you're able to pollinate with post-cleanse are also playing a role to eat away at the food particles and enhance nutrient absorption, as well as playing a role in producing nutrients for your body. So you get that synergy again when your probacteria status is optimized. So enhanced micronutrient status, and obviously then that could create a whole world because if we're talking about nutrient status of B vitamins, this could influence neurological health. Uh, this could include hair loss. This could include so much more. And then just on the yeast and bacteria cleanse itself, we also see a lot of dermatological improvements. So clearer skin, you know, one of the first line of defense of a lot of dermatologists is an antibiotic. And the concerns is for sterility over the long-term use of antibiotics. So one thing I'd like to harp on for listeners, if you have a teen in the household or an adult that's taking doxycycline or any form of a long, you know, an antibiotic prescribed for a long-term use, absolutely employ a probiotic at bed every single day, but start to consider weaning off of that medication and doing the beat the bloat cleanse potentially as a replacement, as a way to really resolve the gut microbiome and get it to work for you versus constantly kind of trying to shield against that overgrowth. So we've seen awesome outcomes from hives and rashes, even to things like cystic acne. Uh, we've shared some awesome testimonial pictures here. We can also see improvement in vaginal health. So individuals that have struggled with uh, recurring UTIs, yeast infections, BV or bacterial vaginosis, we can see reduced inflammation overall and uh, less autoimmune symptoms where individuals are able to start to repair their leaky gut once they've removed that overgrowth. All right, so a lot of good reasons to do the cleanse for sure. Um, and you can even see some of those before and after photos um, on the Coping with Candida Cleanse blog that is linked. There's a pretty dynamic one of a before and after skin result. And I think she ended up doing the cleanse for like eight weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. So we should unpack that when we get to like yeah. if you're not yep. seeing issues. And I would also say something really important to note is the mood part. Uh, you know, I have an entire chapter of the anti-anxiety diet devoted to resetting your GI because as I've talked prior, you know, if you have dysbiosis or overgrowth, that actually sends higher amounts of epinephrine or adrenaline signaling in your body. We'll also see in our neurotransmitter tests elevated histamine, and we can also see elevated GABA, which is identifiers for that excessive fermentation going on in the system. And so when we do a successful beat the bloat cleanse, we're really resetting that enteric nervous system, which is going to be more favorable serotonin expression and mitigating those chronic stress responses. Totally. Okay. So before we dive into just the world of dysbiosis, SIBO, and candida die-off, I want to identify, first of all, what is this Herxheimer reaction? And, and second of all, how can that show up in other functional areas or maybe when we make another shift in diet or lifestyle or supplementation, how does this occur? Yes. So the Herxheimer reaction is basically this concept that symptoms get worse before they get better. And it is extremely common with a bacteria or yeast cleanse, or even can be seen during a course of antibiotics, because there is die-off or debris, essentially, from the killing of the overgrowth of the bacteria or yeast. And this creates endotoxins that are released from the breakdown during that treatment of your cleanse. 
So as you're plowing the gut, if you will, you can think of literally the visual of kicking up a lot of dust in the body. And the body basically becomes overburdened or overwhelmed with this sudden release of these endotoxins. The immune system can go on high alert, like, oh no, now what's this foreign invader? What do we have to attack? And so we can see systemic inflammation. We can also see lethargy, brain fog, difficulty concentrating. And as I mentioned prior, you may experience even some exacerbated GI responses and some flares in skin, some flares with bloating. So some of the, the conditions of why you came into the cleanse and that's where unfortunately people start to pump the brakes and say oh no this is kicking up too much dust and maybe they don't realize that that's a part of the plow that needs to get through the field to do the process so we'll talk to you all about today in in constructs of a gut cleanse how to support the process but like you mentioned becky we can see this in functional medicine across the board um, another interesting area where i see herxheimer reactions is with the mrt test and the immunocalm protocol so the MRT test is the blood panel that we run that looks at 170 foods and chemicals and what drives inflammation in the individual. And I would say with like all of our autoimmune clients, Becky, would you agree? I've yet to see an autoimmune client uh, not have REDS or severe reactivity. Yep. I think pretty much across the board, that's, that's the trend. Yeah. So, you know, we're seeing what that lighter fluid is, if you will, in the body, um, that is creating some of this immune mediated flare response. And you kind of think of this as like a dam. So, uh, as you go into this immunocalm world, once you're empowered with, oh my gosh, it's the cauliflower and the pork and the olive that I've been eating daily in my olive oil, my roasted cauliflower <laughs> and my bacon or whatnot, or the lard or all the different sources of those ingredients, my cauliflower rice. Well, remember with MRT, you could have a 72 hour delayed onset of symptoms. So you kind of have this chronic dam buildup of these inflammatory mediators in the body. And they are attacking these food compounds that are driving that inflammatory process. So every time you eat cauliflower or pork or olive in this scenario, you know, that's what your body is targeting to attack. Well, all of a sudden, when you remove what was being attacked um, and you take that immunocalm approach in the diet and you remove the cauliflower, pork, and olive, you still have that buildup of chemicals of inflammatory mediators, but now you've removed the focus or the distraction, if you want to look at it that way, of the lighter fluid of what was driving the response. And yet you still have the buildup of the pro-inflammatory compounds, which are there to protect your body against that invader. But now the invader isn't there. So the body's like, well, now what do we attack? <laughs> and there can be this process where sometimes we can see in that immunocalm process, when we eat the very little minimal inflammatory foods, the least of the non-inflammatory, that some people with high autoimmune conditions will get more pain because then those inflammatory meteors actually start to attack the self in an autoimmune-like reaction. Again, over time this resolves. So in that world, we might do a more titered approach into the MRT. Uh, we may absolutely double down on anti-inflammatory tools. So we're gonna be providing extra super turmeric. We're gonna be providing higher dose of the EPA DHA extra. We'll probably also be really aggressive with the GI lining support to give two to three scoops to really support that leaky gut repair. And also some detox support to help to remove those circulating inflammatory compounds so that they aren't wrecking havoc in the system. Totally. And I think, you know, that speaks to, yes, listening to the feedback of your body, but also not getting scared or completely abandoning the process, you know, in that first two weeks of really any protocol, right? That maybe we do need to push through a little bit. Yeah, most definitely. So when we're talking about in the beat the bloat cleanse in that mindset, again, the, the big concern is, is it working or mm -hmm. <laughs> what should I do to kick things up? You know, if we're not seeing quote unquote action or on the other end of the spectrum is eek, my body's reacting pretty significantly. How do I slow down the yes. train and reduce the action? Yeah. Um, so maybe Becky, let's talk a little bit about what that action is, quote unquote action, um, what things you would expect to see during a cleanse and then maybe how we would level up someone that isn't seeing action yet. Yeah. I always get worried when there's no change during a cleanse. I'm like, wait, we need to kind of kick up the dust and shake things up. You, you know, haven't seen any shift in your bowels. Okay. We need to actually dig deeper. So I think some of the common 
symptoms that we see, um, that I've seen have been like loose bowel movements or diarrhea, at least getting like a few days of that, like, you know, more (laughs) bowel output than usual. And I think that can actually be a good sign as long as it's not persistent throughout the cleanse. You want to get that ish out. I would say it. (laughs) You're trying to plow and get rid of that debris, get it out. Yep. Yep. And then, um, maybe a little bit more as well on the GI action in terms of like bloating and gas, especially like after, you know, taking a couple rounds of, of your supplements kind of in that time frame, seeing a little bit more action or battle in the belly would be another thing that we often see, um, nausea and kind of just like flu like symptoms in general. So muscle aches, body aches, headaches, fatigue, joint pain. Yeah, all of that's kind of considered the debris. And some only experience it in the sense of brain fog or fatigue. Uh, But as I mentioned, you can also see the variance of the skin flares. So some individuals will just get really severe itching or they will actually get hives or rashes. And uh, then we can see things like oral thrush, which is a white coating on the tongue or increased earwax or maybe a toenail fungus infection that flares. Mm -hmm. And that's all based on this translocation that as we're doing this cleanse, that stubborn yeast and bacteria is trying to find other places to live and be viable. And so we do want to incorporate ways, which we'll talk about in a moment, to ensure that we're fully eliminating. But we generally anticipate seeing some die off at like days five through 15 is kind of the window. I I say some see it a little earlier, like right away at day three or two. Um, But if you've gotten past the second week, so day 15 would be the first day of week three, and you have not experienced some of these symptoms or side effects, then we do consider leveling up by adding in the GI reset. Um, Let's talk about a little bit, Becky, of why we do that and what the other compounds are in there. And maybe the consideration of would you bring in GI reset um, or would we first bring in the herbal immune and berberine boost at higher dosage? And that's something I'll often DM people. I'm excited about this episode because <laughs> I'm constantly DMing people about their beat the blow cleanse. Cause they're asking me questions like, okay, well, I had a little bit of loose stool on day seven, but since then it's been pretty much normal. I'm feeling fine. I'm not getting any of that dead leg. Like you talked about or muscle fatigue. Is it working? Yes. I think that's important. Like you should feel something. And yeah, this will hopefully save your thumbs from responding to to all of the um, DMs. So oftentimes I will at that point just layer on the GI reset formula and bring that in two to three times a day, kind of until we see action at that like week three, week four timeframe. Yeah, most definitely. And so that's one way to do it and still stay within like a six week window, because likely you will start to see some die off or additional action, if you will, once you layer in that GI reset. And I would say if you hit day 10 of the beat the bloat protocol and you still haven't seen any, any, you know, changes, especially in the liberation or die off as far as release in the stool, um, the first line of defense maybe would be to first increase the herbal immune to three capsules a day. You know, it's usually one at rise, one midday without food. So I often will tell people, oh, layer in an extra herbal immune Mm -hmm. for like five to seven days. Uh, and it's good because that bottle has extra in it. So you can well still stay within the six week protocol and you could play the same with the berberine boost. Maybe you take six a day for three days of the berberine boost. So that's another option. Um, But the GI reset is going to be favorable because it has caprylic acid in there. It has the black walnut. It has uva ursi from barberry, not berberine, but barberry is uva ursi. And so you're getting a more complex web versus just increasing the formulas you have. And it is possible that the particular gut pathogen that we're looking at battling, you know, was not responding to those compounds. So adding that GI reset may be very necessary. Totally. Um, and then typically we will see, especially with the GI reset, some pretty dynamic shifts and, and changes in the bowels. And that's a good sign that you're on your way. Yes. And before we get into five ways to reduce the Herxma reaction with gut cleanse, uh, let's touch base a little bit on people that would be more susceptible to die off. And um, maybe also note, so if you were doing the beat the bulk cleanse, let's say for infertility, and if you weren't coming in for digestive concerns, you don't have to expect to see digestive feedback. I want to make right. that very clear right. to listeners. Um, because, you know, we've talked about the benefits of doing this cleanse to support uterine tissue. 
So if you're someone that's not seeing die off and you did not come in for a symptom that is digestive related, I would actually layer in a biofilm breaker before I would layer in the GI reset. Uh, because again, you're not looking to create loose stool if your biome was potentially already mm-hmm. happening. You might want to see more uterine changes. You might want to see more changes around ovulation timestamp. And so it might be that the formulas aren't getting into the inner networks of bacteria and yeast. And we'll talk biofilms as an entire focus. But I just want to state it up here so that you have that empowerment of if you weren't coming in for GI, you were coming in for anxiety, you were coming in for infertility, you were coming in for cognitive function or autoimmune conditions, then maybe you would go a biofilm buster and just play with your formulations before you layer in the GI reset. I think that's a really good point to make. And I know you personally in a couple rounds of your cleanse when we've talked about that on the podcast in the past have spoken to having more of that like uterine kind of action and and feeling more there than on the GI side. Yeah, I can absolutely attest to the fact that especially with the adhesions that I have post C-section, it literally feels like a duster is like cleaning up cobwebs in my (laughs) uterus. It sounds really crazy. That's why we said sage that ish in our last Uh one. So in 74, maybe you need to sage your uterus. It's kind of funny, but uh, definitely I'm someone that experiences that uterine shift. And I'm someone that experiences the most cleanses only like three days of like loose stool um and, and we'll we'll dig into the world of poop a little bit yes. further yes. so so Who, who's the most susceptible to these detox yes. uh, reactions or um who might expect to see a little bit worse symptoms yeah thank you so individuals that are uh, mthfr or gst1 uh, individuals that have genetic mutations that hinder detox pathways is a big area of focus because they're going to have that debris influencing them without that higher capability of the excretion process so if you're someone that has mthfr or gst1 you may really want to hone in on the tools that we suggest in the supporting your detox pathways because that's likely the driver of why you're experiencing the higher Herx reactions. And then this would also be exacerbated, of course, if maybe you're just following the protocol of the 60 grams of carbs and you know a yeast-free diet and a grain-free diet, but you're still having some processed ingredients. Like let's say you're having like diet soda um, or non-caloric sweeteners. You know this could also exacerbate or interfere with your cleanse. Um, excessive alcohol during the cleanse, which is going to tax the liver, or even your working and lifestyle environment. If you are in a cosmetic field or oil and gas, and you're higher exposed to petrochemicals or toxins in your environment, then we're going to need to ensure, again, because you're already higher circulating toxins and, and already taxing the detox pathways. So a cleanse is just going to tip you over and we're going to really need to focus, focus on some extra detox support. Totally. So if you're kind of coming into it cold or, you know, the 60 grams of carbs is already a really big dynamic shift and then you're layering on these supplements, I think you'd expect to see things get a little worse. Most definitely. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit maybe about um, ways that we can support the die-off for Herxheimer reaction symptoms, um, how we can manage them, how we can mitigate them. Obviously, we said we want to kind of see a little bit of that. Um, Let's start with detox pathways since we're on that topic. Most definitely. And I think that this is probably the most important. Uh, Like we said earlier, that's why the ultimate detox is essential in the Beat the Bloat Cleanse Bundle. Uh, You know, the body, again, is burdened with these endotoxins during this cleanse process. And so we want to support both the phase one detox, which is the activation or the conversion of fat-soluble toxins into water solubility. Uh, So these could be dormant toxins that were stored in your body fat that you're losing because you're doing a calorie-restricted and carb-restricted protocol. So you could actually be liberating fat. And we do see successful weight loss and body comp change. Um, But that adds more toxin liberation to kind of dirty your detox pathways beyond the debris from the die-off. And I will say that the Beat the Bloat bundle only has phase two detox support. The ultimate detox is only sulfur-containing amino acids, which aid in the encapsulation and excretion. So they're supporting proper elimination of waste from the body. But we need to also support the diet with antioxidants and compounds that 
create that liver gallbladder drive. So in your protocol, we're going to recommend things like the detox supporting turmeric lemonade, um, that lemon and turmeric are going to be both anti-inflammatory but also bile driving so that liberation of bile from the liver and gallbladder are going to aid in the emulsification process and that activation process of phase one activity. Um, we also look at a high amount of sulfur containing compounds in our cruciferous vegetable family. So uh, we have recipes like egg roll in a bowl where there's a lot of cabbage and uh, Brussels and different um, sauteed cruciferous vegetables with your protein in there. And then even like the avocado detox soup, um, avocado being a really great form of both B vitamins and also uh, glutathione. And that soup is boosted with other other glutathione enhancers like onion and garlic in there and then even um, a little bit of uh, cilantro on top to aid in the chelation process. So the food as medicine is absolutely essential because the detox or excuse me the beat the bloat protocol or bundle does not have phase one detox support. So if you aren't able to get in turmeric and green tea and rooibos and leafy greens and cacao and all these antioxidant rich phase one supportive foods, you may need to get a little bit further detox support by adding in the detox pack. So the detox pack, which is that reset, restore, renew detox pack has three capsules of ultimate detox. It also has one pill, which is dedicated for phase one detox support, which has cimilarin, milk thistle, it has uh, ox bile in there, it has artichoke and beet. So all of these bile, bitter, liver, and uh, gallbladder and kidney supporters. And then it also has a capsule of an antioxidant blend, which includes like the EGCG and the pomegranate extract. And so we are protecting against the free radicals that are produced when we activate the detox process. And also when we're plowing the gut, we're creating a lot of free radical damage. So up, upping your antioxidants in your diet um, and getting the phase one and phase two detox support in the diet are key. But if you're noticing a lot of die off or you know you have a toxic environment or you have the MTHFR, this would really be a good fit to layer in the detox packs. Yep. So a good way to do that, you know, if you have the beat the bloat bundle, you could continue with the ultimate detox at like two to three a day at rise. And maybe you add the detox pack itself at rest or vice versa. Most definitely. I think that's a great way to do it. And for some individuals, they can just do that detox pack at bed and then just, yeah, one to two of yep. the ultimate detox. And then if they get a, a rough patch, if you will, they can take a detox pack twice in that day. And so it's something you can definitely pulse in as needed to support your system. Totally. And then I think another really important um, piece of the puzzle is ensuring bowel regularity and maybe even beyond regularity, just bowel output is an important piece of a cleanse. Yeah. So if you're taking things proactively to kill off bacteria and yeast, you want to make sure you're getting rid of it. So the phase two detox support aids in encapsulating the endotoxins, which is a component of the debris, but there's also mass that's mm -hmm. impacted. And, you know, the colon also plays a huge role in detoxification. That's where a lot of our estrogen is regulated in the body, for instance. And if we aren't moving the fecal mass out, it's actually going to be reabsorbed into the bloodstream throughout that large intestine space. And then that further perpetuates the detox tax on the body. So I always look for a minimum of a half cup a day of fecal output or of stool or poop output. And that's another DM constantly messaging. <laughs> and so when people are like, okay, it was going well, but now, you know, for whatever reason, I, I missed a bowel movement yesterday and today I had some like more constipated stool. Well, that's going to shift and that's, that's common because, you know, upwards of 80%, 50 to 80% of your, of your stool by mass, when we take out the water weight is bacteria, um, part of it living and part of it dead bacteria. So when you start to see shifts of more constipation or, or looser stool, 
the looser stool is okay because your body's getting rid of it. Um, you may use the naturally nourished phytofiber to slow down if you feel like you're liberating too much and kind of create some, some mass and some formation because the phytofiber is a whole food-based fiber that has both soluble and insoluble. So that's a way to kind of help with the binding. Um, you might also increase the GI lining support if you're noticing too much output. But on the other end of the spectrum is where I'm truly more concerned. And so I always recommend increasing the relax and regulate. Um, the relax and regulate would be an important tool to consider as this is going to be that magnesium bisglycinate, which supports the peristalsis or the neurological impulse of your intestine tract. And then the Relax and Regulate also has the myo-inositol. So especially if you're someone that was doing the Beat the Bloat Cleanse with hormone goals, metabolic goals, because inositol plays a huge role on our lipids and on our body fat metabolism or mood, um, those would be big areas where Relax and Regulate would be a fantastic add-on. Um, and then it can also help with that bowel motility because there's a recalibration of the nerve signaling as that bacteria mass shifts. So our enteric nervous system sometimes needs to get online and supported with that magnesium bisglycinate. Yes. And if you're going through a rough patch of that cleanse, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon to see two to three scoops or even upwards of four on like the worst days of constipation mm -hmm. of that relax and regulate. And then hand in hand, that's going to also help with the muscle aches as well as headaches. Sure. And if you're dealing with sleep issues, something I shared with my last cleanse was I made the mistake of totally bypassing the detox support in the beginning of the cleanse um, and the, the GI cleanup because I was like, oh, well, I just have the berberine boost and the herbal immune on hand, do, 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 do. And I dealt with really severe insomnia because I think that those endotoxins were really spiking my epinephrine. And it was putting me in this really intensive fight or flight mode where I was dealing with uh, you know, interrupted sleep and waking with sweats. And as soon as I brought in that detox support and also the GI cleanup, I noticed all of that resolving. But the relax and regulate can be another tool in that sense that can also mitigate that stress response that we can see. Totally. I remember troubleshooting that Yes, <laughs> with you. Yes. And then the phytofiber can be used on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned it helping to bind, but it can also help to push um, and create good fiber um, to, yeah, you want to bind all that debris, but also remove it. Um, so that can help to create better motility in the colon and getting in the two to three cups of leafy greens as well as chia seed. Uh, that's one of my favorite fiber recommendations because each tablespoon is about 10 grams of fiber. Uh, that can be really fantastic to maintain that regularity. And the last thing I have to hit on with fiber is fluid. Um, at least half of your body weight in fluid ounces of water a day because that fiber can act like a brick instead of a broom. <laughs> you want to broom things out. Um, so upping your fluid and upping your fiber in the diet can be beneficial as well. And then I would even consider in the bowel regularity uh, warm beverages like a warm lemon water. Um, that would be a great way to also create a little bit of that stimulation in the colon. And if you were doing a high amount of tea to support the detox, it's something you might pause because some people do get constipated from the catechins or the tannins in tea. So maybe that's the timeline. Like you started increasing tea because you heard me say it was good and mm -hmm. now you're constipated. Maybe just removing that versus layering things on would be resolution orienting. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So maybe making your water more, you know, water infused fusions where you add citrus or like you said juice of half a lemon in there or something along those lines and just drinking water in general is, is definitely another one of our tips um, beyond just the bowel regularity piece of the puzzle yes so i guess the third tip would go right after that which would be drinking at least half of your body weight in water like i said uh really important to ensure especially because if you're having loose stool, you're losing that fluid, so you could be dehydrated. Uh, you can also consume bone broth uh, to contribute towards you know, your water goals as a component, uh, and that will help to also provide more electrolyte stability. And the water itself is gonna help with a lot of the side effects as well. So headaches, nausea, as well as constipation and beyond. Sure. Um, and then beyond moving uh, beyond moving your bowels, moving your body, I think would be a really important um, tip as well. 
Yes. So when we're talking about moving our body, the importance is to break up stagnation. So we know that physical activity can support bowel motility for sure. It creates good tone in the abdomen and also creates that peristalsis pumping as we're standing up versus, you know, being sedentary and sitting in the colon is kind of all bound down bound or, or wound up and not able to move. So stretching is important, walking, but we're really looking to move the lymphatic system. And this is what is responsible for filtering off all of the foreign organisms or toxins in our body. So this can be that debris from the pathogen bacteria, yeast, or parasite buildup. Uh, so anything that is going to move your lymph. So this could be things like body brushing. Uh, this could be doing um, tapping where you're actually hitting, like tapping with your palm up your arms and, and your chest and all the way down your legs. And that literally starts to break up uh, stagnations in your lymph. Uh, we can use temperature variances like sauna, hot yoga. We can also use uh, cold infusions like cold plunges and baths. And then even doing hydrotherapy in our shower where we're turning it to the hottest we can handle and then the coldest. That creates this vasodilation and constriction, which is going to help to kind of pump and vacillate that detox support in the lymphatic system. Um, any that I forgot, Becky, what are there? Did you say massage? Because I like that one as a, yeah. a recommendation when you're you know going through a cleanse and it's been kind of a rough patch. I think that week three to like four can be a really good time to incorporate either going and actually getting a massage or asking a partner for extra massage hands-on um, or doing some self-massage and like foam rolling can be really nice too. Most definitely. I think that's a great thing to note. And then even along the veins of like uh, putting your legs up the wall mm -hmm. for inversions because it's going to circulate uh, the biggest nodes we think of are like our inguinal, uh, which is kind of in the groin and then in the armpit space, we also have larger lymph nodes. So this is also area where you might use like, uh, those, uh, physical therapy balls and roll or, or doing, um, in sun salutations when you're doing like a cobra type movement that really opens up the front of the mm -hmm. hips, which is also going to kind of activate that area where we can get the dead leg symptom, which is something that my body commonly sees as a undesired side effect. Yes. And I think also important to note, kind of keeping your exercise to more of the low impact variety during a cleanse, just because you may be dealing with a lot of other stuff, a lot of other symptoms that are undesired. Um, and you know, you're already adding a stressor. We don't want to add on the stress of CrossFit or HIIT training necessarily during this time. So things like yoga, Pilates, walking daily, gentle movement therapy, and resistance training, but maybe toning down, at least in the initial push of your cleanse, um, to not do so much of that high impact stuff. Most definitely. So before we go on to the last tip and some food as medicine focus, let's take a word from today's mid-roll sponsor, Wild Foods. Yes, we absolutely love wild foods and totally align with their mission of creating nutrient dense products that, you know, encompass all of the food as medicine principles that we talk about all the time. Yes. So they too are very passionate about sourcing and potency, and they are great with working with small scale family farmers across the globe. They provide fantastic pantry staples. So this is like using your turmeric root. They also have medicinal mushrooms. They have tea blends. They have the cocotropic, which I talk about all the time, but I just have to share. It's fantastic. So it's a nootropic, which is a brain enhancer that has raw maca as well as turmeric, cacao, chaga, and reishi. So there's this adaptogenic influence for stress resilience and tolerance. There's antioxidant boost and anti-inflammatory support, a great way to get your brain online and also maintain an anti-inflammatory outcome. Uh, so that's called Cocotropics, and you should definitely check it out. And then Becky and I also are huge fans. We're kind of matcha connoisseurs, and we love the wild matcha by Wild Foods. 
It is so vibrant and it is such a fantastic flavor profile. And I'm a huge fan of matcha because of the L-theanine. This is the compound that aids in our alpha brain waves, which aid with concentration and focus and creative thought process without that agitation and anxiety that we can see with just caffeine on its own as a stimulant. So the L-theanine helps to modulate that caffeine boost in the matcha. You also get a really potent delivery of the EGCG antioxidants. So that's going to help to support your detox pathways and would be a really good fit throughout this process. Yes, and I'm thinking some of their tea blends as well, especially along the herbal variety. As you mentioned, not doing too much um, tea with the the tannins that would constipate. But we're, if we're not dealing with that, um, I think some of their tea blends could be a fantastic addition to your cleanse. A good way to change it up from plain old water and also provide a lot of great detox support. Yes, and I want to address since we're on the concept of wild foods and they provide all of the medicinal mushrooms that I use in my household, um, you know, this idea of medicinal mushrooms and a yeast cleanse or bacterial overgrowth. So, you know, we want to go over to wildfoods.co and that's not com, it's wildfoods.co and you're going to put in the code AllieMillerRD at checkout and you will save 12% off your first order. But I want to address this concept of, for instance, people will be taking like our adaptogen boost or they might be using turkey tail or lion's mane or um, Wild Foods also makes these mushroom blends aside from the cocotropic. And, you know, we recommend in the Beat the Bloat protocol to remove mushrooms as a food. I still have seen beneficial outcomes clinically with incorporation of these powdered superfoods because the volume I find to be less influential on a microbiome yeast fungal driver. Also, a lot of these are inert in their fungal properties because of the freeze-dried and and, uh, extraction properties that they go through. And so you're getting that adaptogenic support. You're getting that mood and brain support, which is going to reduce the stress on the adrenals during your active cleanse process, which is likely going to yield more beneficial outcomes. So you most definitely can incorporate these compounds during your cleanse, but I don't want you eating, you know, a half cup of sauteed cremini's or a portobello mushroom, uh, you know, top and bottom as your burger bun, for instance. Yep. I think that's a really good point and something that we'll be including. I don't know if we mentioned that we're redoing the um, Beat the Bloat ebook. So by the time this episode airs, we should be in our next iteration of that with some more FAQ and mushroom is something that comes up quite often as a question. So I'm glad we addressed that. Yeah. And something that I've really enjoyed incorporating into my diet and and notice uh, significant outcomes. So yes, before we go into the final tip, go on over to wildfoods.co, put in the code AllieMillerRD at checkout and check out all of our favorite pantry staples, matcha, mushrooms, teas, you name it. Okay, so we've hit detox pathways, we've hit bowel regularity, water intake, and moving your body. Let's talk about biofilms. This one might need a little bit more of a a setup and explanation, but busting biofilms and supporting your cleanse in this way. Yes. So often if an individual is not seeing outcomes or quote unquote action, as I mentioned, it may be because they aren't able to get to the inner networks of the bacteria and yeast. And biofilms are essentially these web-like structures that anchor them in various surfaces, both externally and internally in the body. And biofilms, you can kind of think of as, like I said, the root system. So if you're just cutting weeds with a lawnmower and taking off that top of the weed, but you're not getting the tap root or the network of the weed, that stubborn weed is going to keep growing back. And so this is where we need to ensure that we are able to incorporate biofilm disruptors that can actually penetrate and disrupt or alter these networks. So we look for compounds that we are getting in your food as medicine protocol, like turmeric and ginger, and um, we want to up these if we aren't seeing any action. So proteolytic enzymes are an area of focus. 
Now we can see proteolytic enzymes in our tropical fruits, like papaya is known for papain and that whole enzyme family. We know bromelain can play a big role. Um, and we think of kiwi as another fruit that provides a lot of these proteolytic enzymes. That's actually why in some cultures they'll use kiwi as a marinade to break down the tough meats, right? I learned that from my mother-in-law and I'll never go back. <laughs> Actinidin. And yes. I will never forget that word because I botched it on a TV segment. <laughs> Actinidin. No one knew that you botched it. It's the actinidin <laughs> in kiwi. Um, yes. So, uh, so you know, the, the concern here is when you're doing a beat the bloat cleanse and you're trying to kill off bacteria overgrowth and yeast overgrowth in the body, you want to keep your carbs really tight. So you're not having like a papaya salad per se, or, you know, a high amount of these tropical fruits. So the Inflamazyme supplement in the Naturally Nourished line is a fantastic tool that provides these, what are called proteolytic enzymes. So these are particular enzymes, again, that break down peptides, um, protein compounds, and they are able to bust through biofilms, disrupting these networks. So they're able to get into that tissue. And Inflamazyme, especially, we use this with, for instance, again, the world of infertility, individuals that have fibroids. So again, if you were doing this for outcomes aside from gut symptoms, and you weren't seeing any influence, the Inflamazyme may be better for you to bring in than the GI reset. Sure, that's a good point to make. And then there are anti-inflammatory um, compounds in the inflammazyme as well. Um, so we're getting this from turmeric root. We're also getting this from ginger in there. There's a lot of different botanicals that are contributing in addition to the proteolytic enzyme blend. And that's taken without food. So the inflammazyme can be taken at rise and rest um, and may even be added midday. We especially use this with individuals that have like tendon issues and there's a connection there because a lot of times if you have stubborn issues with your IT band or Achilles or um, a lot of issues in tendon and muscle connection, maybe you had a history of antibiotic use and that interfered with your tendon health and this proteolytic enzyme blend of the inflammazyme can help to support that recovery process. Yes, I think that's a really good point. We talked about it on our recent episodes. So you're on an antibiotic as a common unknown symptom that there can be joint and tendon issues as a side effect of antibiotics. Yes. And then there's another biofilm disruptor, the cellular antiox, which I would consider as well. So this has uh, three ingredients. It has NAC or N-acetylcysteine. It has S-acetylated glutathione as a form of active absorbable glutathione, which is the grand mama antioxidant, and a little bit of B6 in there. And so we're getting the cysteine and the glutathione, which are the highest uh, potent antioxidants. Uh, these have been shown also to break through those biofilms and networks. And this is going to be more supportive for detoxification, whereas the inflammazyme is more tissue and inflammation. So if you were deciding between the two, um, this would be more if you're dealing with upper respiratory issues. It does have compounds that work to actually focus as an expectorant, that's the knack. It can break up mucus and phlegm. Uh, we see that the glutathione is a big, heavy hitter in the world of the viral pandemic for COVID-19. We saw higher mortality and more exacerbated symptoms of individuals that had low-level glutathione stores. So this can really support immunological as well as allergy and respiratory function. And then if you know you're in that more toxic environment beyond the detox packs, you might go for the cellular antioxidants, something to layer in. Yes, I think a really good layer for those individuals for sure. Um, what about ways that we can incorporate all of this and, and kind of bring in some food as medicine beyond supplement strategy? Yeah. So we've talked about a couple like the chia seed mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some of these tropical fruits that you could do in very small portions. Um, I did mention bone broth, but I feel briefly where I want to kind of love on bone broth a little bit more. Uh, so bone broth, like I said, can help you overall get to your hydration goal at least like 12 to 16 ounces you could contribute towards your two to three liters a day but you're getting the electrolytes in there but you're also going to get a great source of n-acetylcysteine which is going to work like i just said for detox support and upper respiratory support uh, we see individuals that drink the bone broth more regularly have had more favorable white blood cell response so there's that total immunological support and then there's the L-glutamine and gut restoring component of the bone broth, which provides gelatin, collagen, and L-glutamine, which is literally a fuel source and a building block for your tissue or gut cells. 
So I absolutely recommend bone broth during your cleanse as well as consuming the foods of collagen and gelatin because these will protect your gut tissue, the tender tissue, from the abrasion of plowing the gut, if you will. And so especially if you're dealing with nausea or you have like a tender swollen abdomen, you might even level up and get more aggressive with these foods. And then you may even consider, especially if you have a history of inflammatory bowel or even IBS um, and you're dealing with some rawness or history of gastritis, you would absolutely want to layer in the GI lining support. But the food forms of bone broth, gelatin, and collagen would be huge as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you're making actually we often do see some GI rawness especially in individuals who find that they have to do you know a second round of a cleanse or or maybe prolong their cleanse because they're not getting outcomes yes and then um and and watch for that when you're doing the cleanse right some people just again type a like more is better right <laughs> and i'm yep. always cautioning i'm like no no don't go past eight weeks so the the next kind of food as medicine focus would be actually probiotics so we want you to play with reincorporating of fermented vegetables like kimchi and sauerkraut or even just a cultured pickle itself as well as things like kombucha and you may determine that you would benefit from yogurts whether you know a dairy-based greek yogurt full fat or a non-dairy coconut yogurt like kalina for instance Uh, so we want you to for the first it's a six-week protocol in the classic way that we look at it And so for the first three weeks, you're absolutely stopping any probiotic supplement if you were prior taking one, um, unless particularly prescribed by your practitioner, but you're probably going to be stopping your probiotic and definitely no probiotic foods because we just want to plow, plow, plow and and clean the gut, right? And the cleanse. Then after week four, so for the first four weeks, as we start to tip into that that latter third of your cleanse, We want you to start to eat a probiotic food or maybe take the Restore Baseline probiotic at bed, either one, whichever resonates stronger. And we wanna see if you do get tolerance and things go on favorably, or if your body rejects the introduction of that probiotic food or supplement. So if you bring in the kimchi and um, you put some of that on your grass-fed burger patty, and then the next day you, after having three weeks of of really form stool, you got past that die-off beginning, you know, now you're at the middle of week four and a half, and now all of a sudden you had uh, chronic constipation that you couldn't resolve for two days, or loose stool, or you had uh, really severe aches or bloating or distension, you could try a probiotic food again and see if that recurs, and if it does, then that's gonna give us the feedback that we would actually want to hold off on probiotics and likely even extend, or at that point again, leveling up by adding in the GI reset, increasing the herbal immune and or berberine boost, and we would actually go eight weeks instead of six weeks. And then after we finished the eight weeks of the protocol, we'd reintroduce the probiotics again. And that serves as like a litmus, if you will, to confirm that you're over the hump, you've taken away the bad troops or the overgrowth of the bad guys, and now you're tolerating this repollination. So we actually have following the beat the bloat protocol, the bacteria rebuild bundle that some individuals will start at week seven and some individuals will start at week nine. Yep. And within that, um, it includes the restore baseline probiotic. So we actually are, as we're writing the protocol, having you potentially do a probiotic challenge, as we mentioned in the beginning, as part of that test of tolerance. Yeah. So at the end, you're passing the challenge to say, okay, so again, a pass would be either improving with increased probiotic or neutral, no change. Um, And so that's a great way to go about it. And I just can't harp on that enough because again, if you don't create your offense, um, to support and defend against future gut pathogen. You know, often, like with a, a prescribed antibiotic, that leaves the host or the body more susceptible to yeast or bacterial flares. So once you've successfully completed the Beat the Bloat Cleanse, the food as medicine of supporting your body with probiotics is really beautiful because that's going to then create this kind of shield, if you will, to defend against future um players, future bad guys, future bad guys. Yep. (laughs) Um, and then beyond food as medicine too, I know there's a few other lifestyle elements, um, such as Epsom salt baths, which can be really, really helpful as another form of detox support. And I know at least in my first round of cleanse, I was getting like crazy rashing and itching. And I was like, 
is this just die off or am I not tolerating an ingredient and herbal immune and kind of went down the rabbit hole there. Um, but I was doing a lot of, um, Epsom salt baths and even adding on some essential oils that have additional antifungal antimicrobial support. So like a little bit of tea tree, you know, you wouldn't do that internally, but potentially putting it in the bath or grapefruit essential oil could be really nice. Or even lavender, which is yes. antimicrobial yes. and relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then along the lifestyle, well, this is kind of food as medicine and lifestyle oil pulling. Yes. Yep. So using like a tablespoon of coconut oil and swishing that in the oral cavity, that really supports the periodontal tissue. It ensures that the yeast or bacteria is not translocating and creating that thrush in your mouth, which will drive... Um, you know, heliotosis or bad breath, um, but also just not allow you to get that root cause resolution. Um, and then you can even incorporate, we can link from the Amazon store, the Biocidin toothpaste, the Perio Wash or Perio Bright, I get confused, they've renamed it one of the other. Um, but this has a lot of uh, botanical compounds that also you can use as an oral rinse and as a toothpaste to ensure that you're also proactively managing that area. And then using a tongue scraper, you reminded me of this the other day. I'm like, I need to find mine. I loved that thing. It's awesome. Uh, but that can be really helpful too if you're getting that like white coating on your tongue or getting more of that translocation in kind of the mouth area. Yes. And the last food as medicine I will recommend is the bacteria battling chimichurri and even just the concept of the ingredients in there, right? So that has oregano, it has garlic, it has olive oil. It also has a little bit of onion in there and then it uses lemon or ACV depending on what part of your journey you're on. So if you're in the first three to four weeks, we wouldn't want to have that apple cider vinegar, but on the latter half, we might play with that. And, um, you know, a lot of these compounds that we see also in the supplements, right, to work as those antimicrobial antifungals. So even incorporating like olive oil with coarse salt and, you know, sticking your finger in and licking that while you're preparing your dinner would be a great fat fueled uh, way to hold over your appetite and also a great delivery of the uh, olive, which has been shown to be very supportive in gut cleanse. Yes, and we have that on the blog with a steak marinade. Um, I think it's a marinade and we have the chimichurri link. So I'll make sure I link to that recipe. Awesome. So hopefully this jam-packed episode is helpful for you. And like I said, helpful for me, because I think it will help you guys to guide of which area do I fall into? What formula do I pull in? And now, aha, this is why this is happening. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, definitely go on over to iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to us. Leave us a five-star review and a sentence or two of why you're loving what we're putting out there. Also, be sure that you pop on over to our YouTube channel, Naturally Nourished, and subscribe for our weekly soundbite deliveries of food as medicine, like five to 10, we're trying to do it, <laughs> uh, minute episodes that provide a good dose of functional medicine to share with family members, friends that you think would be helpful. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.